Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, brought to you by two board-certified pediatricians, Dr. Anna Powell and Dr. Samira Arman, also known as the PD Pals, as we talk to you about topics involving raising well and happy children in today's challenging society. Please follow us on social media at the PD Pals or find us online at www.thepdpals.com. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Well Child. Today's topic, colic. We are going to talk to you about colic, and this is going to be one of our little mini episodes. We're going to try to keep it short and sweet, but tell you everything you need to know about colic. What is it? What signs to look for and how to treat it? I colic is near and dear to my heart. I had <laughs> my second daughter had it. And boy, has there ever been a more humbling experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's really easy to see someone else go through colic and say, it's okay, it'll pass. Don't worry, it's temporary. They'll grow up before you know it. But when you have a colicky baby, oh man, that is rough and hard. So uh, ever since I went through it, Whenever I see a mom that has a colicky baby, I'm like, are you okay? I know how you feel. (laughs) I know. And you can really tell the moms and the parents that come into the office that have colicky babies, their exhaustion on their face is real. Um, And it's very hard because you're trying to navigate a sleep schedule. You're trying to get onto a routine and you're tired and you just want to make sure that there's nothing wrong. That's the biggest thing. And so all your questions about colic, if your baby, uh, a lot of times we'll tell you, we will reassure parents that it's okay if it is truly colic, but don't be afraid to bring it up. If your mommy gut is telling you, my baby is crying too much, they're not, you know, there's nothing I can do to console them. Um, Any of those signs or symptoms that worry you will worry us. So don't be afraid to bring it up. And your pediatrician will go through it with you. What are the symptoms? What is your child experiencing? So we can break it down. Is it colic? Is it something else? Because babies cry for multiple reasons. Yes. And there's something that we even refer to as pediatricians as the period of purple crying. Uh, It starts a, a couple weeks after your baby's born. Uh, I feel like it's after two weeks and then it's like the witching hour, you know, and they start to cry so much that they turn purple. They're so upset and angry. And a lot of times parents will feel like there's something wrong with their stomach because they hear their stomach gurgling a lot. So that's what's called the period of purple crying. It is very normal. We tend to ask parents not to panic during those times. And if you're tired and if you've tried everything, you know your baby's okay, go ahead and put the baby down and walk away. Uh, we Just whatever you do, don't hurt the baby or shake the baby in frustration. So Anna, why don't you tell everybody what uh, colic really is? Yes, so colic is when a baby is crying more than the amount that you think that they should cry. So typically for the first three months of life, they cry more uh, at certain times. So a baby that's crying for three hours a day, more than three hours a day, and more than three days a week, that baby can be uh, classified as having colic. 
Um, colic doesn't mean necessarily that the baby has any health problems, but they have a pattern. They usually have a high pitched crying, screaming. They're difficult to soothe. It's that witching hour that we talk about, you know, between six and 9 PM, for example, every night, um, they are difficult to console. But the biggest thing about colic is that the baby is doing some of the other things that they do, um, uh, properly, like they're eating, um, their food they're growing, their, their weight is appropriate. Um, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, so given that they're able to do those things that normal babies do, they have this period of crying. I think I really want to emphasize a couple of things. One of the things that makes pediatricians know that it's most likely colic is that it tends to happen at the same time of day or yes. night. So nothing else works that way. There's nothing else that something switches on and then suddenly for three hours, they cry during that time. So right. there's nothing else like that in the human body that has a time dependency. So that's a really big clue that the baby might have colic. Colic doesn't mean that they're okay. It's not that we're blowing you off. It's just that we don't know what causes colic and we know that it's overall harmless and that they're going to outgrow it. And so there's nothing that you need to be concerned about even though <laughs> the baby will act like they're in severe pain <laughs> and yes. their face always looks like they're in pain and they're grunting and there's like so little that you can do to soothe and calm them. I even know. though all those things happen, uh, colic is harmless. So it, it does pass. And then, and then suddenly you've got this beautiful smiling, cooing three and four month old that's looking at you like nothing ever happened. <laughs> They're a different child. And I think this is the perfect example of when you have to define when something is not colic, right? It's easier to say, if they're doing these things, you should definitely talk to your doctor. So some of those are, if they have a fever, yeah. 100.4 or higher, not colic, talk to your doctor. If they're less alert and active um, throughout the whole day, not just during those hours, but throughout the whole day, if they're not acting right, if they're not feeding well, that's another red flag. If they're not taking the bottle or have that strong suck that they normally do, um, if they're vomiting, right? If they're, a lot of babies will spit up, but if they're consistently throwing up, there's multiple things that can be like reflux or a formula intolerance or something more serious. Um, and if the biggest thing, if they're losing weight or not gaining weight appropriately, this is why we do these initial visits. So often we see them, you know, in a week, in two weeks, in a month, in two months, because we have to make sure that all these things are appropriate. So if you look out for those red flags, then you know this is not colic. But once you talk to your doctor, they'll go through all of this with you. Right. And I also want to mention at any age, green bile, like lime green or fluorescent green vomit is an emergency. But if you yes. call the doctor and you say that your baby or your infant or your two-year-old or your five-year-old or anyone, any age <laughs> has a green lime green or fluorescent green vomit, uh, they're going to send you mm -hmm. the emergency room. So just, it's a really important thing to kind of put in a box somewhere. Yeah. And typically colic happens around two to five weeks of age. And then it usually lasts till about three to four months of age. Typically yeah. that's the most common period. And so that's when we look out for it after that, you know, we look into other things as well. Be careful but about it, switching things around a lot during that time too. So mm -hmm. it, 
it's okay to do it if you want to try another formula or if you want to try to put yourself on a particular different diet, you know, because some foods that you might eat might be contributing to gassiness in your baby, like beans, for example, or soda or sparkling water or dairy. But be careful because uh, a lot of times you'll end up perpetuating the problem because then you've changed something else and then they're they're reacting to the new thing too. And then it's just a yeah, snowball yeah. effect. I'm just saying that from personal experience because your gut, <laughs> yes. this was like seven years ago and I'm still traumatized. Um, your gut will want to fix it. That's how moms and dads are. They're like, fix it. And then they come to the doctor and they say, please fix it. And good gosh, we wish we could. But colic is so ubiquitous. It's so common. Again, we don't know why they have it. And some do and some don't. We don't know what causes it. We just know it will pass on its own without treatment and that it uh, doesn't cause any permanent damage or harm. Yeah. And if you think about it in that period where you're going from birth to about three to four months, if you look at the growth chart, chart it's rapidly, it's like a steep curve, right? Yeah. So they're growing more rapidly than at any other stage in their life. So you can imagine their gut is doing the same thing. It's yes. it's growing at an accelerated rate. rate. So that's why babies are so gassy. You know, they have um, so many sounds. You, you just wonder how many sounds can come from a tiny little human. And I usually try to tell parents that they're growing at a rapid rate. So there's going to be periods of uncomfort, discomfort. There's going to be periods where they're going to be getting used to their surroundings. And like you said, it, we really don't know what causes it. It could be that accelerated growth period. It could be the formula. It could be what moms are eating. Um, you know, the, there's so many theories out there, but the bottom line is, are they growing well? Are they feeding well? Um, those are the biggest things. Another thing I'll just say, totally anecdotally, I'm not accusing anyone of anything at all, <laughs> but you know, there are some, there's some discussions online that, that, laid back parents made laid back, make laid back babies. And, uh, and then there is some, some truth to this, that if you are a little bit more lackadaisical and laid back and relaxed, that that kind of transfers that energy transfers onto your baby and they pick up on that. So there is some truth to that. I, I would say, you know, my second daughter, she came into the world in a different circumstance than my first. I broke my leg when I was seven months pregnant, had to go undergo surgery, and I couldn't take pain medicine. So I was in a significant amount of pain. And, and it was like a, it was a heck of a, an ankle break. It wasn't just like a fractured it. I yeah. did like a crazy, crazy thing anyway. So I have like all this metal in my ankle now and stuff. So, but so when she came out, um, I was still in a lot of pain and I was limping around and, uh, and then I had a newborn. And so I now in mm-hmm. hindsight, if you told me that back then, I would have been like, excuse you, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but now in hindsight, when I think about it, I was not the same person. And I also had a two-year-old, two and a half year old to, to deal with. So I was really stressed out. And I think it did leak into her a little bit in some ways. I'm not saying that's what caused her colic, but I think there is some truth to that, that if you can really try not to take it too personally, make sure to seek help if you're feeling postpartum blues or postpartum depression, um, make sure to take care of yourself first, fill your tank before you fill someone else's type of thing. It's going to make a big difference as well. And I, I saw you go through that. So I, I really don't know how you did it. And, you know, you're right. That could be one of, of the crying. theories, <laughs> a lot of but the, the bottom line is now she's okay. And everyone is okay. 
So, you know, that's the bottom line. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of parents will tell me that we're the same people, we have the same circumstances, and this child was, you know, very, very colicky, and this one didn't have anything. So sometimes totally. it's really just, random. you know, luck of the draw and random. Mm-hmm. Um, but when parents come to you and they tell you, my baby's crying, we've ruled out all these other things, it's definitely colic. What do you tell them? How, what are we going to do about this? Or what can we try? So that's when I look at them with, (laughs) (laughs) with a very empathetic look. (laughs) And then I am very sorry to tell them the truth, which is the same thing that happens with teething, that if there was a cure for colic and teething, that would be a million dollar industry. There is no magic cure. Only time will cure this. And they will eventually, they will not be colicky for their whole life. They will eventually grow it. It will totally go away. Uh, And, you know, they can do some little things to try, you know, to try a few things. But like you said before, if you try everything at once and then sometimes things work and don't, and then you don't even know what you did, what worked or didn't work. So definitely be cautious about changing too many things at once. You know, The, the biggest thing is making sure the baby is fed at that time, which you know, most moms will do making sure their diaper is clean, making sure we're burping. A lot of kids will have reflux during this time too. So they're uncomfortable. They're arching their back. They have some of that milk that comes up and that makes them uncomfortable. And it could be during those hours. It could be during those evening hours that, you know, you're not keeping them upright and you lie them back down flat after, you know, you're exhausted and you're feeding them. Um, So that could be a time where they could be crying nonstop is because they need to be burped better they need um, to be propped up a little bit. Um, And then the formula changes. I usually tell people when you try formula changes, um, because some are better suited for some babies, you want to try it for a week before you just try one and then switch it to the next. You don't want to make rapid adjustments because then you don't know if you're waiting long enough to really see a difference. Um, And then the other thing I tell nursing moms is their diet, what they're doing, their routines. Sometimes those little things might make a difference, but the biggest thing is, is even if you do all these things and even if you try everything, why are you it might or might <laughs> because I feel their pain from afar. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Indian. I get loud as I get excited. <laughs> so, so basically I think that's the biggest thing is to try now. I'm going to be a lot softer. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, try all the, the pacifier rocking, swaddling, all these things are things you can try, um, gas drops, gripe water, you know, all the things your pediatrician has recommended, but don't worry, even if none of that works, it will be okay. It will. I really liked what you said there. I thought that was, there were a lot of really good pearls and all that. I want to give a quick plug because we just get asked this question so often. And I know someone who's listening to this is thinking this right now. We do not routinely condone medication for reflux in infants. They all have it, especially after the whole Zantac fiasco. Do not rush to put your newborn baby on any type of medicine for something they will outgrow. I'm, I know it's hard times. Again, I've been there. I know it is. I know how desperate you can get again, been there. I get it, but don't do it in the long run. We, most doctors, most pediatricians will not be rushing to put your baby on any type of reflux medicine. So 
with colic. If you are, if your baby has been diagnosed with colic, you just have to do the best you can to get through that time. So Mm -hmm. colicky babies, for some reason, like to be on their stomachs more. So if you're able to do skin to skin, have them on their tummy, on your chest without you falling asleep to make it, make sure you're doing this safely. Or, uh, you know, dads are really good because they have like, you know, tend to have bigger arms. Um, mm-hmm. they, they can put the baby on their forearm and, the, and that used to help at least my daughter a lot, the shushing, the swaddling, uh, the sucking, the grape water. I loved grape water for my kids. I used it a lot. Mylocon mm-hmm. gas drops. Those are all okay to try to get through this period as best as you can. Enlist grandma and grandpa's help if COVID <laughs> allows it, because um, they are really good at this stuff and they've been through it before. And it also yeah. allows you a chance to rest. I think that sums up colic. Did you have anything else to add? No, I think just hang in there. Um, try some of these things. Know when to talk to your doctor and send us all your questions and what other topics you want to learn about. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time. This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any fact.